There it goes. Hey. Five, four, three, two, one. Gotta put my... Microphone? Whatever this is. Mic check, mic check. Wow, I'm so fancy. Ooh. Ooh, so fancy. Today is... Um, Monday. Labor Day. Yeah. Monday night for us. Tuesday morning for you guys. It was funny, I just had a conversation with this brother from Instagram. The one that had message and left those voicemails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was talking with him. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he's from East L.A. You didn't even know that they were there, huh? No, no, he's from East L.A. So he, he says, um, hey, can you talk right now? Um, what time is it over there? And I said, where are you at? And he goes, East L.A. I said, I'm in California, too. <laughs> but it was funny, but I, what I didn't realize, this is why he asked, is when I talked to him, he goes, well, you're always saying... It's nighttime here, but it's so. So he thought I was in a different time zone. Oh, yeah. So got it. Just to explain it to you guys, we pre-record these videos in order for them to release at three o'clock in the morning in California. Why? Because the East Coast is three hours ahead. So that way, people in Boston, New York, <sighs> all those areas can actually have a devotional at six in the morning. So that's why we do it. We pre-record it. Um, I know a few people thought we'd actually wake up at 3 in the morning to do these. There's no way. This thing's um, pulling the wrong way. Oh. Let me just... Put in your hat. I'm going to put it in my hat. Silly. Oh. You're a silly guy. Keep talking. Well, it's making noise as you're touching it. No, I'm not even touching it. I'm touching the sides. I guarantee it's making noise. Okay. All right. Technical difficulties. Yeah, Adam, I don't edit. And Adam was making fun of me because I threw those funny little things in there. It was a few days ago. What funny and things? I put the pictures of the barbecue and all that. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, the guy that don't edit. He was in, put five edits in the first ten seconds. <laughs> what barbecue? When we're talking about Piggly, uh, what's it called? Hoggly Woggly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so what I mean by I don't edit is... I don't edit the content. Oh. I'll throw special effects in, but when I don't edit. Like, there's some YouTubers that it's very choppy, like as if they took all the parts where they mess up or they yawn or whatever. In that sense, I don't edit. Yeah, or when our cat throws a big old fur ball. Yeah. She's hacking a big old fur ball in front of you guys. The only time I'll edit like that is like if you, your mom's calling and it's an emergency and I got to stop the video or something like that, you know what yeah. I mean? But that's not an edit like for any other reason but yeah. anyways that's why we're always yawning <laughs> um yeah we uh we have not left the house today i did i didn't well i did i went to go walk a few miles today let me rephrase that we did not get into a vehicle today <laughs> so um yeah but yeah you know i know that um a lot of you were still able to watch watch the um, the devotional, even though maybe many of you had a busy day or family day or rest day or whatever, you know, I appreciate it. And, um, Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, we're just here, and uh, I just wanted to get into the topic, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's so, do it. Um, the topic is the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse... Nine. 
Congratulations to Lydia. Okay. Because Lydia has just completed all the chapters to her book. Nice. And that means she will be submitting her final chapter to her book so that you can start editing and mm -hmm. we can get ready to release her book really soon. Yes, that is our assistant pastor, uh, Pastor Lydia. I call her mm -hmm. Sister Lydia, but yep, she's ready. She just literally sent me the text right now. Mm. Yeah, proud of her, guys. Romans 10, 9. All right, Romans 10, 9. It's a very known verse. A lot of people quote it, especially during altar call or when you're calling somebody to repentance. And um, this verse is quoted a lot, even by myself. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to go ahead and read it, and even though it's one verse, there's a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, Romans 10.9 says this, That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9. No, oh, it's all bunched up. I'm like, okay... Sounds so different here. Um, Let me see. Wow, they bunch four to ten. Wow. Wait, does it keep going? Here, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's that's right you're looking here. at the wrong part. Then. Yeah, it's right here. Um, God. Right here, the salvation. Yeah, see, we're not editing all this awkward. Yeah, time. because it's so it long. Verse four and verse ten together. Like if I was to read verse four all the way to ten, it's like really, really long in the message because he reads it out of the New King James, guys, and I read it out of the message, and it's. So it's obviously the end. Because yeah, then it's eleven. It says that's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting Him to do it for you. That's salvation. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, that was a while, so let me read this again. <laughs> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, obviously, in salvation, there is a huge requirement to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You know, and it's interesting. Oh, wait. Wait, about what about that part? No, this, this, no, you didn't. no, that's not it. We're in Romans 10, 9. That's it. You know, so it's um, obviously by looking at this verse that if you confess with your mouth and the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You know, we know Jesus talks a lot about repentance also. No, I'm sorry. I got to go back. Saying the welcoming word of God, Jesus is my master, embracing body and soul, God's work of doing is... In us, what he did is raising Jesus from the dead. Yeah, I know. That's all over here, too. That's, that's saying the same thing, and then nine is a summary. So it's just repeating itself. We could have done the whole thing, too, but it all sums down to ten nine. I know, but if, I'm, I'm repeating what you're repeating there, though. And it says, that's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him that you do it for you. That's salvation. I'm in doing exactly what you're saying there. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's it. Um, yeah, I got thrown off right now. So, 
I guess my point is this, right? Is, oh yeah, this is what we talked about before we hit record, right? Mm -hmm. Was the fact of, why do people, why do some make salvation so complicated? That's what we said yes. we were talking about. That's the main thing that we want to talk about. And then we overcomplicated this. <laughs> well, actually the message did. What? We didn't overcomplicate nothing. No, but the way the message doesn't put the chapter the verses well, in. Well, yes, it is complicated, but yeah. I wanted it to sound yeah. close to what you were talking about. Yeah. So it's not complicated. Okay. Okay? You're just complicating it. But it, <laughs> it goes back to the point of this is that guys, salvation is not complicating. It's not complicated. You know? Now, here's the thing, though, that's interesting that I just popped in my head, though. Just because salvation is not complicated doesn't mean it ain't hard. Salvation is not yeah. complicating. We're complicating. One of the hardest things you will ever do in your life is surrendering your life to Jesus. That is hard. So a lot of times I, I say it's not hard to be a Christian, you know, because if you love him, then everything comes with it. Yeah. But what is hard is handing him the keys of your heart. Handing them the keys of your mind. Handing them the keys of your future and your life. That is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, guys. You know, but it's not a hard thing to confess and believe with all your heart that, that he was raised from the dead. You know, and, and it made me think of this, you know. Like, for instance, do you know how to fix cars? Nope. But can you get... And can you get in your car right now and drive to Modesto? Yes. So for her to get from point A to point B, that's, that messes it up, baby. After a while. It's complicating. <laughs> no, because it's... Oh my God, just keep talking, because then you say I throw you off. No, no, but to for you to get from point A to point B, you don't have to be a mechanic. Right? No. You just get in the car and it goes. Yeah. In the same way, like, I think people overcomplicate it because they're like, can you imagine somebody telling you, you can't get from here to Modesto? And, and you'd be like, well, what do you mean? I have the key to my car and I know the freeway and I know how to get there. Well, do you know how the engine works? No. I don't need to know how the engine works. Yeah. Do you know how the transmission works? I don't need to know how the transmission do works. Do you know how the spark plugs work in the firing order of each of the spark plugs? Do you, you know what I mean? See, this is what happens. You know, and, and I think like sometimes people get so bogged down on the non-essential stuff. Like your job is to get in a car and drive it to Modesto. Our job is to get people from here to heaven. You know, and it's like I've noticed, babe, that every time I get into something, it gets really complicating. Or it can. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know that in the past when I've worked for, um, when I've worked for big companies, um, when I've worked in any type of production or I've worked in anything, um, or even, let, let's just say, for instance, sales, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm great at sales as well, or any type of marketing. If somebody wants me to do sales or marketing, it's going to help me to know what it is that I'm selling and what I'm, what, what, what I'm marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and 
not just to give me a piece of paper that says, okay, this is what you're selling and this is it. Yeah. For me, I have always been the type of person that I need to know what the product is, how it's made, what it's made of, um, just everything, all the components that go into making this product. Because the more that I would learn about the product, the more w that I learned what it was made of, how it was made, um, and, and why, and what it does, and what the importance of is, what it, what it, the mm -hmm. importance of it is, it gives me a better opportunity to be able to speak of the product um, and speak of it with honesty with people and not sound like I'm lying to somebody and try to make something up, you know? And, and I never wanted to be that, that type of salesperson. And I, and I loved always being an honest uh, person. The same thing when I, when I sold life insurance. When I did life insurance, I was just very blunt with people. Listen, I'm not here to, the, the truth of the matter is, you need life insurance. You know, I, I'm not here to try to sell you something that you don't need. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not gonna tell you to go get in line for um, Tupperware or something that you don't need when you need life insurance. You know, it's the truth that many of the times that people in our culture, we rather go buy Mary Kay, we rather go buy a thousand dollars worth of, you know, princess, you know, pans and, and all kinds of stuff instead of putting money into investing into our lives and all kinds of stuff, you know. But the, the, the matter of the fact is, is that you need to know your components and all of that. And, and there's a time and a place for everything, I guess, mm -hmm. is my point that I'm trying to get to, you know, and you have to, it goes back to using discernment and wisdom and all the things that we do because you know there's things that you need to know and not overcomplicate and there's things that you just have to just leave alone and just you know yeah. and and the things of God are one things that you do not overcomplicate because it's not for you to overcomplicate yeah I mean there's basics Here's the thing, though. Let's back up a little bit. There's basics you need to know about getting to Modesto. For instance, you need to know how to drive. Exactly. You need to know that that vehicle needs gas. Yeah. You know, and, and you need to know how to get there, the yeah. directions to get there. That's pretty much the basic for you to get to Modesto, you know. And, like, like for instance, I remember when, when Sharon first moved here, she had this uh, a Diamondback mountain bike. I had a, a, a giant hybrid that i bought on marketplace for like 70 bucks or something on 120 dollars it was like a 500 dollars bike but i and bought mine it. was a 500 dollars bike that i bought back in socal yeah. you know that i only used twice in my whole life yeah guys all <laughs> i know is that i was really heavy i know i'm heavy now i was 100 pounds heavier right and i just wanted to get healthy and we wanted to do it together and when you moved here, we weren't even married yet. You lived in Stockton. I lived in the ranch. And you would, you left your bike in the ranch with me. Because then you would drive to Tracy. No, no, actually you were living in that, you were renting a bedroom. I was renting yeah. a room the first few months. But you I would come here. over to my parents' house and we would go on bike rides. We didn't know about carbon fiber bikes. We didn't know about road bikes. We didn't even know there was bike trails, guys. We, we would just ride wherever we rode, you know, and... And it's like, I didn't know nothing. I, I didn't know anything, but, you know, we had fun riding. But over time, 
I started learning about tire pressure. I started learning about skinnier tires or less resistance. I started learning, and as time went, we learned. But here's the thing. We were able to get from point A to point B without knowing that stuff. And yeah. we had a lot of fun doing it. You know? And we went through a lot of pain doing it too, guys, <laughs> because I'll tell you that it was such a learning process that we actually were were riding on almost flat tires for how long? A year and a half. A year and a half, we were using a, a, a broken... It wasn't broken. Here, guys, do not use a bike pump from Harbor Freight. Okay, well, we were, we were using a, a bad pump. That wasn't correct on the dial. Um, yes, for a whole year and a half. And we were riding on tires that were aired incorrect, that were low all the yeah. time. And we were wondering why it was so hard to pedal. To pedal. We just thought, we just blamed it on our fatness. <laughs> well, yeah, we were fat. But, yeah. man, I'll tell you that um, it took us really, really long to do a few miles. And we were tired all the time. We were like, God, this is harder. Yeah, if, if, you're, if your bike is even five pounds below it's gonna the tires gonna be sloshy and that's gonna add resistance and you then try doing you know 10 miles with that it's ours was what like 15 20 15, pounds 15 20 pounds under yeah ours yeah. was 15 20 pounds under guys and yeah so there's a lot of little things like that that we learned along the way but my point is this right is we thought man we're just gonna get bikes we didn't know about bikes we didn't know those different bikes we didn't know nothing and we just get on bikes and go from point a to point b here's my point is as time went, as time passed, we learned more and more about the sport, you know, and, and to the point where we have the bikes we have now, you know, and I'm sure there's more to learn, but we're cool where we're at, you know what I mean? We're not trying to do century rides, century is a hundred mile ride, we're not trying to do all that, so we're cool where we're at, but what I mean is when I first got a bike, I didn't know it was, it, it, the hole goes that deep to learn. Same thing with aquariums, guys. You know what I mean? It just, you, you're like, okay, I'll just buy a tank and, you know, put the filter in and the little heater comes with it and I'll put fish in it and I'll feed them once a day and everything's good. And then you learn more and then you learn more and then you learn more. You know, my point is this. Imagine if we had never ridden anywhere until we learned everything that we know now. Yeah. We would have just sat there learning and learning and learning and learning but never getting to point B. Yeah. Same thing with aquariums. Learning and a bunch of books of aquariums, pictures of aquariums, fish and this and that, but never actually doing it. You know, so guys, salvation is not about saying, man, I got to learn this Bible. I got to learn everything about it before I make that jump. No. You know, when we first started writing, we made mistakes, you know, like the, like you just said and I mean, a lot of mistakes, but you know what? We were doing it, guys. We were doing it. You know, and, and, and here's what's, what's, what's bad about it, is you're always going to get those people. If I could post a picture of my aquarium on Facebook. Most people say, man, beautiful tank, nice tank, that's awesome. I haven't got this really, but I'm saying it could be where somebody says, why do you have those plants? Those plants don't go with those fish. Why do you have those rocks? Why do you have that kind of filter? Do you understand what that, what are the parameters of your water? And blah, 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 this and that. Uh, and it's just like, dude, I just want an aquarium with fish. Yeah. And unfortunately, Christians are going to do that to you. They're going to say, 
Well, why do you believe this? Why do you do that? Why do you go on Sunday? What's the doctrine behind it? Are you following false doctrine and blah, 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 and this and that? And, and it's like, dude, I was a gang member and now I'm saved. That's all that matters to me right now. Yeah. I, or I was a drug addict or I was this or I was that or I was on a verge of suicide. And all I know is I have joy in my life now. Maybe I can't explain it. Maybe I don't know the Greek word for it. Maybe I don't know the Hebrew word for it. Maybe I don't know the theological breakdown. All I know is that Jesus saved me. Amen. You know, and, and sometimes, can you imagine somebody telling you, do you know how your engine works? Blah, blah, blah. You're like, I just want to get to Modesto. Yeah. That's all I want to do. You know what that's called, guys? It's called simplicity. Yeah. It's called simplicity. And and that's the thing that Jesus, Jesus was so simple. He was so, so simple. And it, and, and it was others that complicated everything. Everything that he did was just simple. His, his demeanor, his character, his love, everything was just so, just so simple and humble, you know? And, and it was everyone else that just complicated and wanted more and expected more. And he was like, why complicate things? Mm -hmm. You know, we're the ones that complicate things. You know, it's so funny because, you know, yesterday I called my daughter. And it was almost like I I called her already knowing. It's like I think I wanted to get, you know, you know the way my daughter is when it comes to health, you know, with me. You know, my daughter is very, very tough on me. And I. it's almost like if I wanted to call her so she can tell me something and I can, so it can almost like light a match under me or something, you yeah. know? And I, and I called her yesterday and, and, um, I was talking with her for a little while and, and she says, you know, something about my, my weight gain because I've gained weight, you know, in the last, you know, ever since I've had so much steroids and she goes, mom, steroids causes you to, to have so much inflammation. You have a lot of water weight. She's like, you're gaining weight and you have all this water weight. She's a mom, you have to, I know that, you know, you're, you're going through these treatments, you're going this, you're doing this, but that water weight is not going to come out unless you sweat. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, you know what to do. She goes, I don't need to tell you, you know what to do. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do, but sometimes we procrastinate. And we don't put things into action. It's like sometimes it's like the Lord is already telling us, you guys know what you know what you guys need to do, mm -hmm. you know, but you guys overcomplicate things. Sometimes the Lord, he's already given it to us in, in the word. He's already telling us here. Everything is here. It's so simple for you guys. I have simplified mm -hmm. it for you guys, but you guys overcomplicate it because you guys are overthinking so much all the time. You're just overthinking. And here's the thing. I've been overthinking it so much like saying, well, maybe I'll make a little journal. Maybe I'll make a little schedule of what I need to do. Da, 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 da. But guess what? I've been making a schedule for a long time. And have I even done it? Yeah. No. And you know what? Today, I finally got up this morning and I said, I'm going to go walk a few miles. And I got it done without making a schedule, without doing anything, without doing nothing. I just got up and I just said, I'm going to go. I talked to you for a little bit and I just went. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And it felt good to breathe fresh air and just to go walk a few miles. And I'm like, and, and I felt like the Lord is telling me, was that hard? 
<laughs> I'm like, no, we overcomplicate things, guys. We really yeah. do. It's like we need to stop making excuses. You know, and, and I understand, for instance, I understand the reason for, say, teachers or preachers or, you know, I, I get it. Um, I'm going to know a little bit more than the average person because you're, I'm put in a position to lead, for instance, yeah. right? But there's always going to be somebody who knows more. For instance, let's go back to the car situation. I do know how to change your brakes, change your oil, give it a tune-up, things like that. Basic, those are actually maintenance stuff. Those yeah. are really mechanical stuff, right? But that's enough to, as long as I have some tools and know those basic things. Maintenance. Yeah. Maintain. But then a mechanic comes. Can you imagine a mechanic? He wouldn't do this, but just for the sake of, just to make it more easier to understand this Christian thing, then somebody else comes along and says, you know, do you, um, do you know how to uh, change the intake manifold? Do you know how to do some of this other stuff? And I'd be like, no. And they'd be like, well, you can't drive it to Modesto because you don't know. And then somebody else comes along and tells that guy, well, do you know what the inside of a transmission looks like? Do you know what country and origin it came from? Do you know, have you ever cracked open a, um, I'm, I don't even know the names, guys, but do you have you ever cracked open a uh, alternator or, or something a cylinder like that? or something, yeah. yeah. And so it, it never ends. Yeah. And, and, it, and then it comes down to the guy that actually designed the car and says, none of you are, el uh, are um, eligible to eligible talk about to, any to of that. to drive to Modesto yeah. because I created the car. It never ends, you know, and then, so he has the blueprints of the car. That's, what, that's what's funny to me when, when people get so nitty gritty into the things. Now, is it fascinating? Yeah, there's people that, that learn. There's people that just do transmissions. Yeah. There's people like the guy that does uh, that did your catalytic converter in your car. Remember, he, all he does is do mufflers and catalytic. Yeah. That's all yeah. he does. There's people that just do that. There's doctors, specialists. There's, you know. So in the same way, in, in the gospel, in the kingdom of God, yeah. There's people that are deep in theology. There's people that are deep into apologetics. There's people that are deep in the in the Greek or the Hebrew, the Old Testament, the New Testament. There's people that are deep in those things, you know. But ultimately. To get to Modesto, you just need to know how to drive, know the directions, get in the car and go. And just want to do it. You know, and ultimately, guys, that is the simplicity of the gospel. That's what you need. Now, once you are saved, if those things interest you, well, praise God. You know, if, if casting out demons, if, if, you know, praying for the sick or feeding the poor or learning theology or all these things... Those are fine and those are dandy, but those are not the things that are going to get you there. Getting there is knowing how to drive in the direction you're going. You know, it's very simple. Um, you know, so confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved. Boom, simple. Very simple. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what it comes down to. We can't overcomplicate things. And you know what? As you go, as you go on, on this trip of life, you're going to learn more and more and more. You no, know? it's the same thing with, um, with ministry. You know, nobody is, is, nobody is obligated to do ministry, guys. You know, it's really weird to me when I, when I hear, um, it is, it, I, maybe to me it's, 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 it's odd when I hear when people get paid for ministry. 
I, I, I'm just, me personally, I'm not used to that. Maybe because we've, we're, we're not on payroll or any of that. But I, I just, you know, when I, when people, when we do things for ministry, I'm so grateful when I see people step up for ministry, you know, because I tell, I tell people all the time, I, I appreciate you so much whenever anybody steps up to do anything in ministry, not our, not just our ministry in any ministry anywhere around the world. Because see, the thing is, is that people aren't obligated to do it. They're not. But the fact that they do it is because they do it out of love. They do it out of their heart. Mm -hmm. They take the time out of their day to do this for the love of Christ and to do this for others. And that is such a beautiful thing, you know? And, and nobody is obligated to do anything. But that is, that is what simplicity is. It's a, it's a beautiful, simple love, the love of Christ, you know, that you don't overcomplicate it. I mean, can you imagine if somebody comes and be like, oh, well, let me show you my resume. Let me tell you, let me show you all mm -hmm. my qualifications. And, and, you know, you have to be qualified to do this and to do that in ministry. You don't have to be overqualified to do anything, but just have a willing heart and be, mm -hmm. be a willing vessel. Somebody who's willing, somebody who just says, you know what, I'm willing to do it, Lord. Yeah. That's what he wants, willing vessels. You don't have to have this long old resume of qualifications. But what you do need to have is a willing heart and to, and to be willing to do it. I mean, say, I'm here, Lord. Mm -hmm. You know? Use me. Use me. I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you're the one that gave your life for me. Use me. I want to be used. You don't have to learn how to build something from the bottom up to be qualified. There's a meme I've seen or, or a saying. I, uh, hopefully I don't say it wrong. It says, God didn't call the qualified. He qualified the called. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember liking that so much. I don't know if I saw it. And actually, it wasn't a me. It was like on a shirt or something I saw. And I'm like, wow, that is so true. And thank God, right? Because if he called the qualified, then I wouldn't be preaching because there's so many more people that are qualified. But instead, he qualifies the called. You know, and, and that is a different thing, you know, that he has called you. Therefore, you are qualified. You are qualified, not because of you, but because of his blood that shed on the cross. It, because of his death and his resurrection, that gives us qualification. Yeah. You know, because of what he did. What he did for us, what he did for, for, for us, and what he did for you. He qualifies us. And, and you know the beauty about him qualifying us? That none of us can brag. Yeah. Because he did it. We didn't. He did it. He qualified us. And if you are not saved and you're watching this, He can qualify you too. Yeah. Right now. It's not, about, it's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Yeah. And, and, and I love that because I heard that one time and I'm just, it has just stuck with me now. And it's just, you know, it's not about who we are. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. And you're His. He chose yeah. you. <laughs> you know, sometimes once in a while, I still get people say, man, I can't. 
you know, I can't believe you're a preacher now, like in a good way, you know, like, man, that's crazy that, that, um, and, and for me, I'm just like, it's not crazy the fact that, that I, I accepted Christ. What's crazy to me is that he accepted me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, and I didn't even, I don't even like saying I accepted him. I always tell, I always correct people. I'm like, uh, I surrendered to him. But here's the thing, just because I surrendered to him, it still blows me away that he received me. Mm. You know, and, and I think people don't understand people. Some people never comprehend why I do what I do and why I speak the way I speak. And it's because, guys, he chose me. You know, and... and he could have chosen so many, so many, other, so many other people, you know. But yet, he saw something, and he saw something in you. He sees something in you, even if you're not saved. I guarantee he sees something in you. Why do I know that? Because you're watching this video. Yeah. You're not watching this video because of us or suggested video. This you're watching this because the Holy Spirit is trying to woo you to Him. Yeah. And that means He has an assignment for you. He has a calling for you. He has a special place for you. There are people, not only does he want to save you, but there's people in your circle of influence that only you will reach. Those people are going to go to hell. But because God is calling you, you are going to get them to salvation. Think about that. Nobody else is going to do it. It's got to be you. Think about people that... that that listen to you, people that will believe you. They won't believe the preacher down the block. They won't even believe this video because they're like, oh man, that dude was a gangbanger, this and that. But they know you. Yeah. And they will receive it from you. That's that's the point here. Is is I'm not trying to reach the world because I know I can't. But you know what? We're reaching people one by one that they can reach. Yeah. And they can reach those that, that they have um an influence in. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if, um, let's just say there's, there's 400 of us on here, 400 of us in unity here, and if each one of us reached one person, that's 800. That's 800 souls now. Now, wow. what, if, what if those 800 people reached one person? That's 1,600 souls reached. You know, and just continue thinking the multiplication of each of each time. Yeah. You know, guys, that's that's just the power of one. Mm -hmm. One at a time. You know, when we did that whole missions thing, when we said one dollar at a time, it's like it for us. We just said one thing at a time. One, one. Yeah. Just one more, just one more, one soul at a time. And this is why for us, it's like, you know what? If this channel is reaching one soul a day, we're doing a devotional one time a day, Monday to Friday. If it's re reaching one soul a day, man, that's 365 souls a year. Mm-hmm. Think about that, guys. 365 souls. That's a lot. And if 365 souls, if 365 people go out and reach one person a day, think about that. 
It just goes on, guys. Mm -hmm. We praise God for that. Because all of heaven rejoices for that one every single time. You know what's crazy is even though we only do the devotions Monday through Friday, you just made me think that then we do Wednesday night. Yes. And, and then, then we do Sunday, Sunday. morning. Yeah. So we put out content. We put out seven videos a week. Even though Wednesday is, you know, that and Sunday. It's double Wednesdays, yeah. Yeah. So we do seven videos a week on this channel. So you're right. You know, and um, guys, it does not have to be overcomplicated. And, you know, I'll end with this. I remember uh, Brother Gabe. And I remember talking to him and I said, man, you should, you should ride bikes with us. You should cycle with us. And he's like... You know, I got a bike. I got a bike. Me and my wife got a bike. Me and Patty got a bike. And um, he says, well, what kind of bike? I was like, doesn't even matter, man. Just show up. And he showed up with a lowrider bike, sort of. Remember? Mm -hmm. It was like his a beach, it was a beach his, cruiser. Like but his first one. It was yeah. a beach cruiser, but it had the forks like a lowrider bike. You know, and I, I always joke with them after, but because uh, now he has like a road bike, you know. But here's the thing. I didn't overcomplicate it. When he says, well, what kind of bike do I need? I said, dude, it doesn't matter. Just just bring a bike. And he came, and you know what? It didn't have gears, and he struggled, whatever. But he's like, man, this is fun. And within a few weeks, he went and got himself a hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, and... And his wife did, too. Yeah, you know, so it's like... I didn't overcomplicate it. And sometimes I think with Christianity... We, ever, we want to overcomplicate things. And this is especially denominations. Guys, those of you that belong, if you belong to Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever it is you, you belong to, that's fine. Praise God, you know. But when somebody's getting to get saved, don't dump all that stuff on top of it. Just lead them to Christ. Yeah. You know, and, and I've seen it. I've seen Pentecostals. Well, you got to do this. You got to do that. Be baptized like this. But, and they're like, I just want to get saved. You know, lead the person to Christ. Don't add barriers. Lead them to Christ. And I'm not talking down, if that's what your church does, if whatever, well, praise God. If, if that is what is edifying you, that's where you feel at home, that's where you're being loved, and that's where you're getting uh, support, well, praise God. But when somebody comes, please do me that favor. Lead them to Jesus. Don't lead them to your church. Don't lead them, you know, to Jesus through the beliefs of your church just lead them to jesus yeah let the holy spirit lead the rest of the way because that's what's mm -hmm. going to happen i remember i remember we used to tell um we used to go and we used to do this ministry where we would go out and minister to a lot of um a lot of women of the night prostitutes and 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 pimps and stuff and we would tell them come as you are come as you are but it would be so hurtful when um, I would see them come as they are. And then other leadership would tell them, oh, you know, please, you know, try to come, you know, with something a little bit lower or, you, you know, you shouldn't wear that and everything. And, I'm, and, and I was just blown away because I'm like, how do we go out there and minister to women who only know that type of life and have been dressing like that for years and this is what they know the type of work that they know we tell them come as you are but the moment they walk in the door we already want to change them 
we can't do that guys you know um you gotta we gotta receive them the way they come and we gotta we gotta let the holy spirit change them we gotta love them and we gotta be able to allow the holy spirit to change them because um you know that day will come where conviction will set in if, mm -hmm. if the lord is at work and you know the holy spirit is working that will happen yeah that time will come i know that because that happened with me mm -hmm. you know i i was a teen mom you know i used to dress a certain way you know i was you know rebellious at a really young age you know and stuff and guess what i began to learn conviction without even knowing what conviction was because yeah. i felt like a certain kind of way i started like i was like picking up my shirts a little bit more and i'm like oh man i'm feeling kind of weird you know and i'm just kind of like you know maybe i should you know i was feeling that way myself i started to blossom and i started to change on my own nobody you know because i just it just it just happens naturally organically that's the same way love and everything else should happen organically. Don't rush love. Don't rush anything. Let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, um, John, you may think of John Silva, the uh, bike mechanic. Mm -hmm. when, the first time I went to him, um, I had bought a, a my, my first bike was a bike at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Remember, I didn't like doing the cardio in the gym. This is before I met you. I yeah. didn't like doing the cardio in the gym. So I was like, well, what if I do cardio on my bike, ride to the gym? And that way I lift weights and then ride my bike back. Yeah. And then I went, I, I got a hold of him. He was in the yellow pages. I said, hey, you know, my, my, my gears aren't working right. And he's like, yeah, just come through, come by. And I went over there, show up in my $99 uh, Walmart bike. Never said nothing. He's like, hey, you know, how you doing, man? He goes, uh, so uh, what's going on? You know, and I told him and, and he fixed it. Didn't say nothing. And then we got to talking. He's like, oh, you're, you're, you're original, Tracy. He's like, man, don't meet, don't meet many of you guys anymore. Because everybody from the Bay Area moved to Tracy. Mm -hmm. And he started asking me my family. And he's, man, I know some of your family. So he, was, he took a liking to me. So maybe after four times of coming, because my thing kept messing up, he finally, he's like, man, so you're riding every day? I said, every day, I'm riding. He goes, man, that's good. He goes, maybe you should find a, um, you know, a, 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 another bike that's a little more um, proper something like that but he said it's so nice you know i was like well what do you mean i thought all bikes were the same he goes no no not all bikes are the same he, and he goes you know you should look on marketplace because he knew i didn't have money yeah you know and i said what should i look for and he's like uh, look for like a, a giant probably you probably get a giant or he named a couple brands mm -hmm. and i looked you know and then i bought that one and he never said nothing bad about that one you know but then after a while you know uh, um i'm like and this is getting real hard. I went and did 30 miles, and, and, and it was too hard. He goes, well, maybe, you know, you should get a lighter bike. You know, but anyways, he was, he never, can you imagine if I would have went that first day, and he'd been like, you're seriously coming over here with a bike from Walmart? Yeah. You know, look at this bike. Look at this bike. Look at this bike. This is what you need. You need these pedals. You need these shoes that clip yeah. into your pedals. You need this. It would, you know what would have happened? I, I would have just walked away from it. Yeah. Because it would have been overcomplicated. And that's what the church does sometimes. Yeah. The church will, you know, criticize, and it's called loftiness, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, a, a church terminology when somebody looks at you loftiness with, with loftiness. And, you know, that's something we got to be very careful with mm. when we do that look or when we, you know, yeah. when we criticize 
and we look with look at people with critique mm -hmm. and um, and with disgust, or when mm -hmm. we look at them with judgment, it's it's hurtful because mm -hmm. people will turn around and they will um, they will walk away and they will never come back. And and here's the thing, they'll go somewhere else and they'll have something to say about that church, or they'll never walk into a church ever again. And the thing mm -hmm. is, is that because of that church, they give up on Jesus yeah. completely. Like I would have gave up on cycling. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that, you know, instead of him trading and changing just for another bike, you know, you know, th that person could, pro could have probably just went to another church where they probably could have just mm -hmm. had a different experience. But, but the thing is, is that people just give up on the Lord completely. But he was so gracious with me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he, knew, he knew, guys, I, I was living in an RV. And... Um, he didn't know I didn't have. He didn't know what I had or didn't have. But I don't know for whatever reason. Maybe he had good discernment, you know. Because most of his clients are people with money that have like literally the cheapest bikes that I see in a shop, even to this day, are like over two, three thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, Cervellos and this and that, and but he never. I never felt judged. Yeah. Never. And I'd be like, Hey, how much do I owe you? You know. And he's like, I ah, just bring me a coffee next time. Yeah. But I mean he did that to not shame me. But he wanted to give me a break. And I was so grateful. I was so grateful for it because, guys, I didn't have nothing. You know, I was out of prison. You know what I mean? It's like, and, he was, and I was so grateful. He'd be like, just bring me a coffee. And still to this day, if we ever bring him a bike from a family that can't afford it or whatever, he'll be like, so is this a single mom or is this, you know, he'll ask us, is this, you know, whose bike is this? Mm -hmm. And we'll be like, oh, it's, you know, one of our... One of our parents from, you know, are they a single parent? Or he'll ask and he'll be like, you know what, it's on me, don't worry, just bring me a coffee. And, and that's what we do. He'll mm -hmm. ask the situation of the parents if they're, you know, the young kids or they're teenagers or they're, you know, and, and he, he takes care of them. Yeah. But, you know, we're so, so grateful because people... Now i got to force him to take money sometimes. <laughs> I'll be like, dude, take this 20. Yeah. And he's like... All right, that'll just buy my coffee and <laughs> just say something. But yeah. the point is this, is that he was so graceful with me, yeah. with the sport, that had he really hit me with the reality of it, I would have walked away from it. Yeah. You know, so that's the major point we're saying is our whole job is not to have people overcomplicate it to where they walk away. Yeah. Bring them into Christ. Bring them into the kingdom, guys. Yeah. You know, repent, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That the Lord Jesus, uh, the, that the Lord God raised Jesus from the dead, and they shall be saved. Boom. Amen. Period. Amen. All right, so, guys. All right, guys. We love you guys. God bless you. Enjoy your coffee. Bye. Bye.